Hi, welcome to Behind the Lighthouse, short stories from Byron Bay and beyond, where we bring you short stories created by amazing writers living in the Northern Rivers, Australia, the Byron Bay hinterland, so to speak. And I'm your host, Steve Nossiter. The Northern Rivers is Bundjalung country. As part of this storytelling, I'd like to acknowledge the Bundjalung people, the traditional custodians of the land on which we writers live. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. If you've ever been walking in the bush, especially alone, you'll be familiar with the sensation that there's more out there than meets the eye. Things peering in at us from the bush and perhaps hunkering down and observing while we peer out at them. In today's short story, Hadley takes us on an intriguing journey into the mind of a hiker who finds himself in a position to witness something mysterious and a touch troubling. This story is a psychological thriller and as such will twist your mind in ways you might not want it to twist. I personally got goosebumps as I was recording it. Just a warning, there is some explicit language. The Trudger by Hadley Perkins Read by Hadley Perkins The cabin in the woods had been abandoned for years, but one night a candle burned in the window. Somebody must be squatting in that old cabin, said Woodrow, peering through the binoculars. Oh yeah, give me a look. Henny snatches the binoculars from Woodrow and peers through. He sees the candle in the window when something flashes past, knocking it over. Whoops, something's going on in there. So you're right for me to drop you here? Yeah, mate, thanks. And just to add a cherry to the top of your mountain adventure, the story goes every time there's a candle lit in that window, a killer emerges from some unknown quagmire and kills somebody at the peak of their lives here in the woods. Henny stands at the door, totally unfazed by the remark, as Woodrow waits eagerly for a reaction before bursting into anxious laughter. <laughs> yeah, but you'll be right, mate. You, you look like you're on the other end of that. More like the trough. <laughs> well, you are lucky you aren't coming with me then. Henny laughs. Thanks again. Henny had finished work for the week and hitched a ride with a fella called Woodrow to spend a couple of days exploring the mountains. There was a lot going on for him in his day-to-day and he needed space for his thoughts to catch up with him. Going into the mountains was his ritual of returning to himself and letting off the steam of the city pace. It was never really organised just spontaneous, as if the universe conspired to deliver him to the bush at particular times in his life. He waves goodbye to Woodrow, his heart sinking as the dribbles of convenience disappear beyond his grasp, leaving a dusty, glowing haze floating at the top of the hill. The sinking, a familiar feeling before entering the wild human once again, a discomfort before adaptation, learning and living. I'm about to live and participate more fully. 
Taking a deep breath, Henny throws his pack on and turns to face the cabin. A soft glow could be seen through the window. The cabin was across the valley on a rocky outcrop overlooking a wide open marsh that disappeared into dense tall forest on the other side. The tall forest was Henny's destination for the night. The moon was bright and full, illuminating the landscape in ghostly still shades of sparkling grey and black. The sky, full of racing clouds sending fast-moving shadows across the landscape. But the air around him was still. The trees didn't even sway. Henny trudged downhill with fresh legs, sucking in the crisp cold mountain air through his nose. This is amazing. What beauty. What beauty amounts from random variables colliding and creating this strange phenomena. How many magic moments do I miss with my impatient mind rushing about getting trivial shallow time tasks completed? Stepping down onto a flat grassy wide fire trail, Henny felt the temperature drop. The valley's concentrated stare falling steeply into its deepest crevice. Whoa. He looked up at the cabin, the windows glowing brightly, feeling comforted by the warm presence and the idea that there was a friendly family playing cards by the fire on the inside. Rubbing his chest, Henny turned and set down the fire trail. Big old trees seemed to stretch out like tunnelling mazes. A weaving of powerful branches lit up by the power of his head torch as the path dropped off into darkness up ahead. Henny began to wonder when he was going to hit the marsh, just as he noticed the ground becoming spongy, soft and wet beneath him. Hope my shoes hold out. The track got increasingly soggy as it began to open up to the wide morass. The clouds flashed across the silvery still puddles of water as Henny focused on his footing, placing each footstep on a tuft of grassy reeds. Quails burst forth, a violent flight from a recoiling bush, and his heart bashes from within his chest in excited, preemptive flight. Oh, chill, Henny. Walk the adrenaline off. Get the feet back on the ground and that mind back into the body. Impatient thoughts, fluttering, hurriedly lifting his step clumsily. Each checked footing forward and he is back in his body yet a gravity tears his attention endlessly to the right. Shadows of past wildfire scars playing tricks on the imagination. Fear such a readily available reaction. Creative minds building evil that does not exist until acted upon. But wait, let's simply dispel this illusion to the right of my periphery, and he thought to himself. His head turns without hesitation, teeth clenched down hard, his neck moving against a countering protective mechanism, functioning on a muscular level, and bang, it's a tree. Figures of old, rotten tree stumps with drooping, maimed limbs. Ha! And he hesitated to think of them as shadowy silhouettes for long, and quickly replaced the thought. Trees. Beautiful trees. Swinging back, stepping forward, and a dragging, scraping sensation claws at his scalp, pulling the beanie clean off. What? 
a dancing foot forward, careless for sureness, meets a deep muddy pool. Wetness for a potential life-threatening attack is an easy trade. Nothing. Just a stick across the track. Idiot. A familiar bludgeoning of his own imploding stupidity knocks his soul clean out. Crawling up and out of the muddy puddle, a quiet sound lands on the grass behind him, snapping him back again, and it's that same stick now fallen down on the track. (sighs) Winding self up, evil thoughts piling in, pushing a sinful reaction. Careful, kids. This guy is stirred up. He might pop you in the face as the mind manifests the devil with any accessible scapegoat in the crosshairs. Breathe. Welcome to country. Sorry, I'm Henny. You do know me. Thank you for having me here in your sacred country. I promise to be as respectful as I can and be in service. Please have mercy for my failings and my human bumbling and stumbling. I am but a child of the universe who is learning to walk. Please hold the gentle hand of forgiveness at the ready. As I do confess, I am a fool. Be my teacher. And he stopped for a moment, dropping his shoulders and feeling into his body. He looked down at his heavy wet boots, having a little laugh, imagining what it would have looked like witnessing this little moment. This thought directed his attention to the cavern once again. The glow from the windows were flashing unusually bright with large flicking licks of light, of flame. The cavern was on fire on the inside and smoke was squeezing out from every gap. Henny made a sudden shift forward upon this realisation, his mouth wide open and his mind flickering like the hungry flames in the distance. The comfortable thought of a cosy family scene was shattered with an adrenaline drop. Staring, the cavern obscured by a strange darkness from the smoke and a violent illumination from the flames. It is too far away. His heart sinks into a practiced apathy, a connection intentionally removed as the heart threatens to explode. If there was a family in there, they would be burnt to a crisp by the time he got there. And if he got there, what would he do? He walked over to a nearby stump, took his pack off and sat down leaning against the old remains of the tree. The fire raged, spitting orange light across the valley. It almost looked like a strange sunset with the clouds reflecting the rays of light as the pools of water throughout the marsh caught the passing clouds' glow. How beautiful and catastrophic. He imagined the perfect family asleep after a beautiful day in nature, followed by a warm dinner and cards by the fire. A perfect family with many dreams and pathways laid out before them, taken at this peak of happiness, drifting from sleep to formless consciousness, being shot up by the smoke, caught by the mountain gale above, and slingshot out into the universe. Such a perfect death. 
poem so tragically beautiful. Henny, caught in wonder of such an obscure and fascinating experience, sat still as his whole being relaxed, surrendering against the burnt stump. A familiar knot of anxiety was rising up through his body, uncoiling itself and releasing a deeply forgotten, unnamed grief. Up into his throat, cheeks, growing heavy and full behind his eyes, he felt a light flexing of his muscles, attempting to stem the flow in a reflexive shame. But it was too great, and the dam broke with a lurching sob into his hands. He cried uncontrollably, with a surprise and relief that cooled his body, as if the flow of energy throughout his being was washed by the tears. Slowly coming back to his surroundings, his clothes soaked by the night's heavy dew, as a wind crept down from the racing clouds, licking a snap of a goosebumps recoiling, and sparking an awareness of the deep cold through to his bones. He looked up at the burning remains of the hut, picked up his pack and began to trudge through the marsh. With water up to his waist, he began to reflect upon the deaths he witnessed from afar and the release of all that he was holding. What a strange spectacle, I observed. Doing nothing. Is this fucked up? He began to wonder if there was something he could have done. Maybe call emergency services, no reception. But there is the SOS call. They wouldn't have made it anyway. Feeling sorry for himself. Sorry for the deceased cosy family. Cold and alive, he pushed on, growing an increased confidence the more gnarly it became. The wind howled from every direction. A fierce, animalistic joy creased into his face as he pushed into the gale, soaking wet with a fire burning inside. Climbing over the sharp, rocky outcrops, he rolled himself over the last ledge, greeting the fire with an ancient returning after a great adventure. Henny fell asleep by the burning cabin. Waking to the sound of footsteps. What the fuck happened here? Who are you, and where is my wife and daughter? Um... I'm sorry, they... What? We were going to meet here, but the cabin's gone. They must be nearby. Did you see them? No. Henny didn't know what to do. He witnessed it all, did nothing, and knew there must have been at least someone in the cabin. They were going to stay here. The man stared at the glowing coals. He began to kick the charred remains of the building about with a worrying recklessness as an emotional takeover crept across his self-preservation instincts. He began to dig his hands into the red coals, lifting them out and throwing them sporadically. Henny leapt forth grabbing the man, crashing dangerously close to the cliff's edge. The man in clear pain 
with the flesh of his hands melted and burnt to the bone. He screamed, rolling off Henny and back into the fire, howling and digging deeper and deeper. The smell of burnt hair thick in the air as the charred remains of the cabin relit around the man. Henny watched. What passion. What beauty to be driven through physical pain by an even greater force. The man slowed as his cries gurgled with boiling blood. Dropping to his knees, he too succumbed to the blaze. And he sat there, mesmerised and feeling strangely blessed. What a peculiar experience. He walked around stoking the fire with burnt ends until all that remained were three bodies. He giggled as he saw that the father was nowhere near where the mother and daughter were. Time to go. And he threw on his pack and hiked back to the road. He didn't have to wait long before a young couple stopped to pick him up. Have you been living in the bush? asked the bloke at the wheel. Nah, I just come out here every so often when I am called to this place. What did you do? Didn't do too much this time, just observed and enjoyed. Have to build another cabin though. Thanks for joining me. If you like this story, please consider subscribing to this podcast and maybe even leaving a little review. For now, we'll see you next time round with another short story from Behind the Lighthouse. Short stories from Byron Bay and beyond. Behind the Lighthouse was written, recorded and produced by Steve Nossiter. Me. At Arcane Studios in Ganella Bar. The music was also composed by me.